This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into another edition of Fun and Excitement. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We'll get right into your calls here in a moment, but a quick update on the situation with Target, as we've been discussing over the past couple of nights. Uh, What started all of this was there's this organization called Service Nation, and it's a group of different, you know, organizations, charitable groups, and uh, I guess corporations like Target and uh, Time Magazine. I think even Home Depot is actually apparently. I've heard the allegations. I haven't seen it in uh, print anywhere. I saw it on one of their websites last night. Okay. So Home Depot, it's Home Depot doesn't have the role that Target does, but they're kind of down the, the list a bit. Anyway, this organization... I don't know if I can afford to give up uh, shopping at Home Depot. Yeah. This organization is... Though I hear they're going to build a Lowe's out here in Keene at some point. Well, I, actually, I, I you know, shouldn't even say so. There's plenty of uh, small, smaller yeah. hardware stores that you can get the same stuff from. If I have, if I have to walk a little farther or uh, drive a little farther in order to do it, I'm, I'm willing to do that. Well, so this organization I'm not ready to, uh, you know, start my boycott yet. However, I haven't shopped at Target since I heard this. Right. Well, you're trying to get answers out of these folks, mm-hmm. and again, the Service Nation organization is out there promoting the idea of national service, and they're going to run a full, like a, apparently a and a whole issue. Time Magazine is talking about running a full issue about national service this year. They ran a cover story. Yeah, they're story. pushing it. They want dra- the draft back. Right. They ran a cover story last year, and it was called The Case for National Service. Now they've put together this coalition that's going to get out there, and they're going to push hard in the, you know, in the news and in the media and, I guess, grassroots organizations or whatever to, to, to call for people to come together and, and work together for the first time to eliminate our societal problems through national service. All the platitudes are great. You know, I just, I, I love them. I, I can't get enough of that crap. But, uh, you know, once you start forcing people to go into conscription, which is what basically this uh, National Service Act seems to be about, you know, I don't want to go pointing fingers when I'm wrong, but it seems to me that that's what we're talking about that's here. That's what it's right. always been about is... Over the time that we've been talking about the issue, and we've been talking about national service for a long time on this program, and this Charles Rangel character keeps introducing the same piece of legislation called the National Service Act. It is the National Service Act that this particular uh, service nation organization wants to promote. So unless they've significantly changed it, from the last time we yeah, talked they would have to it. because basically all it says is that you have to go to work for the government in for some way, years. shape, or form for two years. Right, and, uh, and Americans eighteen to forty-two. How would you change that with a couple of words? And they raised. We it would to like you to. We would like you to go and work for the government for a couple of years. I mean, well, how do you change yeah. that in a couple of words? So last night... It's either the draft or it isn't. You had contacted, or yesterday, you'd contacted Target, again, mm-hmm. one of the organizations that we shop at, and we, up until this point, had liked and right. enjoyed. There's a summit coming up on uh, this national service in yeah. New York City. On September 11th. Right, on September 11th. Do, do, don't think that that, for a second, is uh, is a mistake that they're picking <laughs> September 11th. Yeah. You know, the anniversary of fear um, and... They're they're doing the summit and Target is one of the presenting sponsors along with AARP. Yes. Now I don't doubt for a second that the AA, that AARP wants the young people to go to work for them. Um, you know that this mm-hmm. lobbying group wants young people to have to, uh, 
you know, become servants of the government. I don't doubt that for a second. However, I think Target probably, you know, they're very community-minded, and I think that what they think is that this is an organization that wants to promote, you know, volunteerism in the community. And if that were the case, then, okay, that'd be one thing. Yeah, but it'd be in really every, great. In every discussion of national service, it has always been a involuntary affair. Right. They call it voluntary, like sort of like how politicians call taxes voluntary, in that you're choosing to right. pay them so you don't go to a jail cell. I guess I, I don't really understand how they uh, make that connection, taxes being voluntary, but they that's what they believe, so I, I think that's the case here. And the, the term service has the implication that it is owed. The, the term service has the implication that one has a duty of some sort to perform these services for the government bureaucracies. It's, it sounds like a touchy-feely euphemism for uh, just grab a whole bunch more uh, naive kids and, and throw them off into a hellhole someplace. Yes, certainly it will be the most effective with the youngest people because they haven't been, uh, you know, they haven't been around long enough to really know better. And listen to the age range; it's exactly the same age range as, as military service. So what's the difference? It, well, it, eighteen it, to forty-two. They raised the age to forty-two now. You'll be mm-hmm. able to uh, you'll you'll be able to satisfy your national service uh, quota by uh, you know through military service. So of that's course. one of the ways. So here was the update on the story. Uh, we're still trying to get in touch with Target, Mark. You said they told you yesterday that they were going to call you or get in t- get back in touch with you somehow. Right, they, haven't, they haven't rushed to get back in touch with me either. You, you told me you were on a radio show, right? Yeah, yes. They, they either okay. they're very concerned or they're not. Con- and I gave my email address as Mark at FreeTalkLive dot com. Okay. Um, either so, either they're very concerned about uh, what Free Talk Live can do to them and they're being careful, or they're not concerned at all. Or, or they're just burdened with phone calls over the issue, and you know they just haven't had a chance to get back to you. The possibility exists. However, my experience is that uh, you know people uh, you know don't make a big effort to do anything. And this this wasn't. I don't think that people have called Target and said you better not sponsor this summit. I don't think very many yeah. have at all, personally. So yesterday you had suggested, Mark, that you had heard that this national service, or rather service nation, this organization, this coalition of various different organizations, had changed their uh, terminology on their website. That's what I've heard. That yes. uh, originally they'd called for, you know, mandatory national service. And matter of fact, that they changed it yesterday. Yes. And then after a little bit of uh, coverage came out, not just Free Talk Live, but other places on the web, that they went ahead and they revised their position to only be in favor of what they call voluntary national service. They made it very clear they're not in favor of so-called mandatory national service. They're in favor of voluntary national service. So if you look at that on its face, it sounds like, oh, well, yeah, 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 voluntary. What's the big deal? That's good. That's good. So I went and did a little more digging last night and posted some stuff over on the Free Talk Live BBS, and I want to share some of it with you here. This is from a different website called nationalserviceact.org. They've got a picture of old Thomas Jefferson up there, and they actually use uh, Thomas Jefferson as their basis for calling for national service, interestingly. but they, <laughs> You can do anything with the Founding Father quotes, yep. I swear. Yep, and uh, so on the Service Nation website, I checked their list of... Uh, People that are or organizations that are involved in Service Nation, and indeed, and by the way, Thomas Jefferson did own slaves, so there you go. Yeah, the Americans for a National Service Act is one of the organizations that is involved in Service Nation. So th- this is one of their member groups. With that in mind, let's say let's see what they have to say on their website about national service and the issue of volunteerism. First off, a la carte system. 
Uh, this is from one of their frequently asked questions. Under a mandatory national service, all of-age citizens will serve without deferments or exceptions. Okay, is, um, and of-age means 18 to 42, is that correct? Presumably, it doesn't say here. Well, that's what we have uh, you know, discerned yes. up to this point. This includes of the ages they, de- they determine in the legislation that has yet to be passed. Right. Uh, and that's one of the things they're going to be hashing out at their little summit is the various different restrictions on your freedom. Yeah. You know, uh, my wife, who uh, seemed relatively unconcerned with this when I was talking to her about it the other night, um, when I suddenly mentioned that the uh, the top end of the age bracket was 42, she's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> suddenly it matters. Now it's an issue. <laughs> now Great. it matters. Well, anyway, this includes special programs that will provide service opportunities for the physically and mentally disabled. The obvious issue with this is human nature. Now, if you looked at the last paragraph about service opportunities, it sounds voluntary, right? It's an opportunity. Service opportunity, right. (laughs) Opportunities can be ignored. Well, they say the obvious issue with this is human nature. Human beings don't like to be compelled to do anything. The simple fix for this problem is allowing every individual to decide how he or she will serve. So, So to pick your prison. Yes. For example, a young person upon graduation from high school or maybe as part of high school. See, they're still debating all the details. Do they want to make it a part that is you know, required to, to graduate high school or is it something you have to go into after high school? In fact, there's a helpful survey over at the Americans for a National Service Act that asks several questions about how exactly you think others' lives should be controlled. We can talk more about this here in moments. 800-259-9231. And they actually, the, one of the questions they address coming up next is, how is voluntary national service different than our current system? And they talk a little bit more about what they consider voluntary national service. You can bring up what you want. This is your show. Take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got live streams, a broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version. Both are free for you at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. We've got hundreds of people who have already moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project in order to get active for liberty. We're already seeing some great results. I saw a couple of our listeners on the Ridley Report today over at RidleyReport.com. Kayleen and her uh, her husband were mm-hmm. uh, interviewed, and they I loved what they said at the very end. Uh, Dave asked them, you know, what what would you say to people that are considering moving here? And they said, move now. Get here now. It's so important that if you can come now to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, that you do it, or as soon as possible. Because really, the longer we wait, the bigger this government bureaucracy will grow and the more intrusive and more oppressive it will become. We're talking about the idea of national service. It's being batted around again, and this time it's being promoted by some organizations that have a little more sway behind them than just one New York senator. Uh, And they're really going to get out there and pimp these ideas this year. It's not going to go away. 
this one isn't going away, people. Um, they're gonna they're gonna bring this back. This is the draft. It's sh- it's the sugar coated draft, and uh, you know, yes. currently with the way kids have been raised, they've been raised in a bigger government, uh, you know, more intrusive government than than we ever were, and I, you know, it's uh, and other people don't care, uh, as right. evidenced by um, you know the story I told earlier. Other people don't care as long as it's not them getting drafted. You know, behind closed doors, I'm sure that a lot of the politicians are freaking out because they see that the unemployment rate is starting to rise. They're trying to figure out ways they can uh, accomplish several goals or or kill more than one bird with one stone, namely your kids, But because um, they can employ them and then they can send them off wherever they want. And, right. and it, you know, so you've got a couple things going on here, and I think it all stinks. It's terrible. Um, in fact, we're talking about a sub-organization. The main organization here that's causing the trouble is called Service Nation, but they're made up of several organizations that all have, I guess, a stake in the idea of promoting national service, which, again, is just slavery with a nice label slapped onto it. They're calling it voluntary. Service Nation claims that they're only in favor of voluntary national service. But what does that mean exactly? We know what politicians say when they say voluntary, and it doesn't really mean voluntary. So I did a little digging, and I went to nationalserviceact.org, the Americans for a National Service Act. Now, the National Service Act is the piece of legislation that Charlie Rangel has been promoting every single year, and it's it's failed and failed, but that doesn't mean it'll fail this time, uh, especially if the politicians, you know, if they feel like there's a parade out there that they can run in front of, and that's what Time Magazine and Target and these other organizations are trying to create, is that that parade of people chanting and calling for national service. But what does it mean to them? According to nationalserviceact.org, how is voluntary national service different than our current system? This is, again, from their frequently asked questions. This is a great question, says the website. One answer is, if we don't administer voluntary national service properly, then there is no difference. Obviously, our intent is for that not to happen. That being said, voluntary national service will create dozens of new non-military service opportunities for Americans in all stages of life. Also, service bonds, national service American dream accounts, and educational grants create tremendous financial incentives for people to serve. If we also adopt gentrification of the force for the military, we'll get an... By the way, um, before you go on with gentrifying the military as though that's possible, um, you know, when they talk about these uh, grants and these educational grants and Mm -hmm. all these things that will incentivize, who pays for those? We do through probably inflation, through inflation printing or, out money. Or, yeah, either through inflation or through taxation. Yeah, the American people do. The gentrification of the military will get an improved armed forces out of the deal. The functional side, it, it, a lot of the you know, questions. By, uh, everything I've ever heard about uh, uh, about the draft is that nobody in the army wants to serve, and nobody in the military wants to serve alongside a draftee. And, and you know something, I remember hearing Rangel a few years back actually say that he reintroduced it because he wants to uh, get rid of the war. He wants to stop the war. And he yes, thinks that, that's always his claim. And he, and he claims that if if there is a draft and there'll be massive protests uh, and then the war will end, whereas right. now if because the it's all volunteer. If the crackers have to fight, then, then we stop the war. You know, and I mean, it's <laughs> it's disgusting. I mean, he, you know, he wants to enslave people. And by the way, the war goes, assuming he's right and the war does go away, then in fact, um, we'll still have national service after that anyway. Sounds like the New Deal to right. me. 58,000 people had to die. Um, 58,000 Americans had to die in Vietnam before they stopped that war, and there was plenty of protesting going on for that. 
Anyway, the functional side of all this, says the website, is that we increase our capacity to preserve the environment, improve K through 12 education, and as though respond. the government can preserve the environment. The government yeah. is responsible, the largest polluter in in the world. But don't you understand, Mark? The purpose of national service is to bring everyone together for the first time to solve these problems in a way that's never been tried before. How are you going to bring people together by forcing them to ser- quote unquote serve? Well, those will just be the people doing the jobs. The visionaries will be in the planning stages, like at this upcoming summit. The little people that are going to do the service won't really actually have any say in how all that works. Uh, yeah, that much is clear. So it says, also remember that the initial purpose of voluntary national service is not to provide an end state solution, but to motivate millions of Americans to serve. This will begin the culture... Motivate them through threat of going to jail. Well, now, wait a minute. They, they, they sort of speak out of both sides of their mouths here. Okay. All right. We've talked about how they're talking about how there's this mandatory service versus voluntary service, and they're saying that voluntary, in one paragraph, they say voluntary means that the victim gets to choose which service or which uh, government bureaucracy they work for. That's one thing that they say. And then here they say this. They say that voluntary national service is not to provide an end state solution, but to motivate millions of Americans to serve. This will begin the cultural transformation that will put us on the road to becoming a nation of universal national service. Well, universal. All, one more sentence. It also gives us the opportunity to assess the good and bad of each program and make the necessary adjustments for the day when we adopt universal national service. So in one paragraph, they suggest that voluntary national service to them means that the victims get to choose which uh, bureaucracy they work for. And then in the next paragraph, they say that universal national service is the end goal. So voluntary national service, whatever that is, is a step on the road to what they inevitably want to see happen. And that is what sounds to me like everyone gets forced into whatever bureaucracy they want to put them in. Doesn't that sound that way to you? It, it does sound that way to me, and I, but I'm, you know, I'm left confused. And I think that this is their whole game, though. Mm. I think that their game is to, um, you, you know, to 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 push mandatory, you know, what, what I would call mandatory. They can call it voluntary if they want, um, mandatory national service in some way, shape, or form, and you know, sugarcoat it as voluntary. Yep. You know, they're going to call left, right, and black, white. This is a common strategy, and this, this kind of reminds me a little bit of how the Federal Reserve Act was passed. They, they passed the law, they watered it down, they sugarcoated it, and they said, hey, behind closed doors, they said, hey, we can fix it up later. Yeah. So they've got a plan here, and that's why I wanted to share this with you. This organization, it seems to me, is quite clear. They believe that voluntary means you get to choose which bureaucracy you work for, and universal means that they'll just choose for you. And the weak links in this are Target and Home Depot. is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We will come back with more, and this is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. Live, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com where the features are free. So enjoy all the stuff there, including updates. You can get signed up, and we will let you know whenever there's something 
fresh to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on the list free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. Let's go to your calls. People have been waiting patiently, including George in D.C. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, sir. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Yeah, Charles Rangel's differently than Uncle Tom with all that stuff. It's a, it, it's a shame what he's doing. Yeah, I mean, it's like pretty much like he's pretty much essentially saying you should know what it's like to be a slave in order to truly appreciate how free this country is. And yeah, that is basically what they're saying. Of course, they would never use the term slavery. It's service. Yeah. I'm a- Anyway, um, I called because I saw this um, CNN article here about how um, t- a couple of lawmakers are putting forward a proposal to legalize um, the possession of pot up to about 100 grams. At, at the federal level? Yeah, at the federal level. Wow. Like Representative Barney Frank, I don't know um, where he's from, said um, today that He's announcing a proposal to end federal penalties for Americans carrying fewer than 100 grams, which is almost a quarter pound of pot, in which, um, let me see here, he says the vast amount of human activity ought not to be none of the government's business. Damn, this guy sounds cool. Well, he's only cool on this one issue. For the most part, Barney Frank is a raging communist. (laughs) Uh, And Usually, though, uh, Ron Paul teams up with Barney Frank on these uh, sorts of issues, so I wouldn't be surprised... He's a Massachusetts Democrat, which is the yeah. weirdest thing I hear. It says, I don't think it's the government's business to tell you how to spend your leisure time. So, right, it's just the government's least. business to tell you how to spend your money. Apparently. Yeah, the rest of the time and all your money. And... <laughs> but, you know, naturally, hey, is Ron Paul one of the co-sponsors there? Because normally they work together. Oh, yeah. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And which naturally the DEA, you know, came out in force saying, no, this is awful, an awful idea. And um, pretty right. much saying, no matter... This is what the DEA says. Legalization of marijuana, no matter how it begins, will come at the expense of our children and public safety. It will create dependency and treatment issues and open the door to use of other drugs, impaired health, delinquent behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it amazing? They can just trot out the same old claims time and time again. And more often than not, these people are successful at just batting back any sort of piece of uh, legislation that could possibly uh, reduce the tyranny in this country just a just a smidgen. This is just a little bit. I mean, a hundred grams. Yeah. That's nice for most people, but still, somehow those dealers are going to have to get that stuff to those uh, people to to, to buy hundred grams or less. And so you're still, you know, there's still plenty of criminalized activity for the DEA to go after. So to act as though uh, this is going to somehow significantly change the face of the drug war is pretty absurd. I think it'll change it somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, but not in the way they're suggesting. They're saying um, that alcohol use is permitted and the government focuses law to enforce its efforts on those who abuse alcohol or or have under its influence, but we don't jail responsible alcohol drinkers, so why should should we be jailing the stoners? It's such a sensible question, and you'll never get a good answer from the DEA. George, thanks for the call tonight, dude. Appreciate the heads up on that. I mean, I, I don't expect it to go anywhere. Good luck. Uh, yeah, I I don't either. I, I mean, hope it does. It's been introduced before, and yeah. you know it's not going anywhere. Don't uh, don't hang your hopes on this. On a federal level, you're just not going to see it. Yeah. They're trying so hard that in fact they're they're going after uh, states like uh, California where medical marijuana is legal. They're they're going in and, and robbing dispensaries essentially. It's they're not the arresting children. anyone. It's for the children, Mark. They're going to grow up to be delinquents if the government doesn't go in there and steal those people's marijuana. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, we have essentially <laughs> the government committing theft and we're teaching them, you know, so that we can teach the kids not not to be drug 
users. Because the DEA apparently has done a real good job of keeping drugs out of the hands of kids. Oh, wait, we had someone call earlier this week who said that his... He caught his eight-year-old smoking marijuana. Yeah, an amazing huh. story. Funny how the drug war didn't prevent that from happening. 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Anybody who's ever wanted to smoke marijuana has smoked marijuana. I, I, I can't believe there are very many people out there, maybe a handful of them, who have not smoked marijuana simply because they're frightened that the cops are going to kick through their door the moment they light up that joint. Well, I, maybe, um, maybe, <laughs> maybe people have chosen not to smoke marijuana at certain instances because it's illegal. As like walking to, down the street or yeah, something like you that? Yeah, things like that. Okay, that, what, that's what, probably true. And what about the whole hemp issue? And now that we have an energy crisis... Why aren't we growing hemp in this country to produce biodiesel, to produce They've um, been trying. The ethanol. DEA won't let it happen. Those, uh, far, the farmers, I think it was in North Dakota, they tried. Uh, they, didn't they sue over that? I don't know where that lawsuit is today. I know that they, they were pretty pissed. If it's like pissed. any other lawsuit, it's just sitting there and it'll yeah. be around in a couple of years. Right, and some government judge will decide, of course. Meanwhile, they're growing corn to produce ethanol. It's crazy. Yeah. Let's go to Josh in New Hampshire. You are on Free Talk Live. Hello, Josh. Josh in New Hampshire, going once. Josh, New Hampshire. Hello. Are you there? We are. Hey, cell phones, you're kind of tricky. Sir, what's uh, on your I mind tonight? To, I wanted to share with you guys my experience with uh, the United States Marine Corps recruit, uh, recruiters. Okay. And you know, to give you a more personalized story for last night. So it started off as I had a friend who came back from boot camp, and they'll automatically promote you to a private first class if you can you know, sign 10 of your buddies up. To go off to their little camp. Wow. Mm. So Smells like desperation. As Mark was saying before, it's like, yeah, I'll go take a test. I like doing well on tests. So I went there. I started talking to the recruiter. And being the young and naive 18-year-old that I was without much direction, you know, all this talk of a good career, the skills that you could learn in the military for the marketplace. Yeah. And, and don't forget the girls, the girls you can get. They'll be don't falling all that. over you. Oh, yeah. Uh, my recruiter told me I'd have no trouble getting a piece of A when I was a Marine. Mm. So they sweet talked me, talked about all the bonuses, which, of course, kept shrinking. <laughs> but the lies about the money aren't, aren't the big issue. It's how they'll continuously break their own rules to get what they want. Now, they were claiming last night, before you go on, in the story we were talking about was Army recruiters. The claim was that uh, the the Marine recruiters are a bit more principled because their rules are structured differently. You're saying not so. Oh, honage, courage, and commitment, my butt. Okay, give it to me. Okay, so they parade you in front of, they have the Uniform Military Code of Justice in the RSS right on the wall. It's the size of the wall, and they make sure that you know that if you break any one of these rules, that you are going to the break. Okay. All right. So first of all, they start doing your little processing paperwork. They interview you, you know, give you a brief psychological profile. Have you ever thought about killing yourself now or ever? Uh, drug use, et cetera, et cetera. They wanted to know exactly how many times I had smoked marijuana in my life, which is obviously incalculable. So <laughs> they want to lie about that. It's going to disqualify me, but they want me to lie about it. Okay. Then. They want me to lie about all kinds of other things. So when they finally get me up to the mess in Portland, they wanted me to just go that day. As soon as I walked in, they wanted to truck me right up there, send me on a plane, send me down to the island, get me in their little system so mm. they can get a bonus. Right. So what happens? They bring me there, take the ASVAB, which I did in high school. You know, they just have kids do that in the high school library now. Did that. Wasn't able to have my physical examination 
until the next day. So they put me in a hotel. I couldn't leave. I was confined to my floor. I could only go to the pool or the dining room. Wow. Essentially, you know, locked up. Get on the, my recruiter met me five o'clock the next morning. It drives me around to give me a nice drink to flush my system. So I passed their little tests, bring me to MEPS. Nothing happened. Sit around all day, bring me back to the hotel where I was, you know, a prisoner again for the evening. I'm, try, I'm trying to get this clear. You are not a member of the military at this point? Oh, no. I was, uh, I was a uh, DEP enlistee. The story gets more and more interesting. What is a Delayed DEP? entry program is what gotcha. we were talking about last okay, night. Okay, so yeah. they're giving you orders based, um, you know, mostly that you'll, they you'll follow you to, them because you believe that you're supposed to follow right, them. Right. They want you to believe you're in at this point. Well, you've right? got a guy that can squat with the Buick yelling at you. What are you going to do? Yeah. Right. So they finally get me back to MAPS. I go in talking to all these other all the other enlistees for the Navy, Air Force. I was the only sucker for the Marines, and uh, they made me realize what a sucker I was. Real, most intrusive uh, indoctrination before there, and uh, they have us sit around watching movies like, what was the one with Sam Jackson where he screams, they all deserve to burn in hell? I don't know. I don't know if I've seen that one. So, they were all Marine-themed movies showing gotcha. them in their glory. Okay. And physical examinations, you know, spread them on the shine my light up there. So this is it. So You're getting have... prepped up. You're getting prepped up to head out to basic training. They have uh, basically locked you in your hotel room to try to prevent you from leaving, and we'll get the rest of your story here in moments. Hang on, Josh. We'll find out what goes on behind the scenes of uh, military recruiting. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the show, shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase in uh, whatever it is you buy. It can be a used item, even 41 plus categories to shop in, even if it's not even a real item, like if it's something that's digitally delivered, uh, like a movie download or something like that. Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase if you start your shopping at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Let's go back to Josh in New Hampshire, telling us a story about what his experience was like in the world of the military recruiter, as he was, I guess as a young man, an 18-year-old, uh, entered to the delayed entry program, as we were discussing last night with the Army, uh, where the allegations have been quite frequent that these military recruiters are threatening these young men. They are, they're telling them lies about how, oh, you can't pull out now or you're going to go to jail. You know, if they get the you know, last-minute second thoughts about not doing this and they, they talk about leaving, they'll, they'll just be lied to and, and scared into staying. Yeah, and as my understanding, and I, I may be wrong on this, uh, I wish somebody would call in and um, correct me, but you can sign up all you want, but it's that day that you enlist. You have to, like, step forward and go and get on the bus and, and that kind of thing to head off to, uh, I don't know, whatever little conference concentration camp that they indoctrinate you in basic training but uh, there's a line you step over too yeah that's what they say that that there's a line but Mm -hmm. i don't know i mean that's that's just what i've heard and it it makes sense to me for some reason you know when i was about 17 i was on the u.s marine corps physical fitness team in my high school because our our eldest um phys ed teacher head of the department was an ex-marine and he had this program and i just did it to get in shape you know in the winter time Mm -hmm. and at the time the vietnam war was over and there wasn't a lot of pressure or anything at all really to join Whereas now, I think because of, of the how, how thinly our military is stretched all over the world, the stakes are much higher for these recruiters. 
Well, yeah, and then there's also the fact that people are, you know, people know that others are dying around the world, and they, they're less than interested in joining. So they really have to up the ante as far as you know bribes and things like that to get people in the door. So, uh, Wayne, did they did they show you how to pack a musket at the this marine uh, <laughs> fitness thing and how to use a, a bayonet? <laughs> no, no, it was strictly uh, how many sit-ups you could do in two minutes and uh, push-ups and running and all that. It was just f- strictly phys- physical fitness. I think at the that time. was an age. I think you were poking fun at Wayne's age, weren't you, Mark? Yes, yes, I was. <laughs> Josh, you're back on Free Talk Live. Let's continue the story. You had entered into the delayed entry program. They wanted to ship you right off to basic training, but I guess there was some more, I guess, T's that had to be crossed and I's to be dotted, so they had to keep you in town for a couple of days in that time. Well, actually, hmm? well, actually what happened is they had filled up all of their slots, they met their quota, so the next possible departure was a few months away. I see. Like, okay, that's good. It'll give me some time to get in shape. I was going down to the weekly PT training sessions, and after I had sworn my little oath to that rag on the stick there, um, I got my scores back for the ASVAB test, and by their standards, I was eligible for any job in the military I wanted. So of what was available, I chose electrical engineering, and they said that was fine. Lo and behold, by the time this whole process was over and I was sitting with the staff sergeant back at the RSS, I suddenly went from electrical engineer to truck driver. Mm-hmm. They changed the uh, the job description for you. They need smart truck drivers. Suddenly, these jobs or the training for them suddenly was unavailable. Mm. Well, that would require them to send you to college to be an electrical engineer. Yeah, that was uh, the deal that I was given. That's what they were told me. I was. This happens for. a lot, said, oh, by the okay. way, where they promise one thing and then they don't totally don't deliver on the promises. So it's another thing that yeah. they do to trick people. We flipped through the books and then they offered me something else in the legal department. I'm like that's cool. I'll just sit at a desk. I won't have to go kill people or be killed. So that went on for a while, but I started having second thoughts, and I was pretty sure that I wasn't, you know, hooked in yet. And I wanted to go pursue something more along the lines of what I wanted to do with my life. So I told my staff sergeant this, and he was, you know, acting like my friend. So he said, "Just take a walk with me." We walked around Dover for a while, and you know, I was going through some rough stuff in my life. I thought he actually was my friend and wanted to help me, <laughs> but he stopped and gave out his card nine times. Hmm. So very, they didn't really care about these kids at all. So by the time we got back. He was all smiles. I said, you know what, um, I'm really, I just don't want to go. I'm, I'm all done. His tone instantly changed. He started yelling at me, telling me I will go, that mm. I have to be there. Uh, I think it was a Wednesday. He's going to bring me down to uh, the sergeant major in Portsmouth, which he did. So I went down. They, so you were uh, still going along with him at this point. What would it have taken for you to just go home? Well, I, I did just go home. I went in my car and got home, but they were... He threatened me with military police dragging me away if I didn't comply. And you believed him, so you went ahead and, and did what he was wanting you to. Had you signed um, anything yet at this point? What's that? Had you signed anything, anything on paper at this point? Yeah, I, I had signed uh, pre-enlistment documents, and I took my first oath at the MEPS. But the, their cool. own rules make it pretty clear from what we were reading last night that until you actually get in, uh, in I guess, inducted into basic training. But you have to take all... a, an oath. Um, uh, it's my understanding there's one last oath, right? Yes, yeah, I found that out later. So I went down, and they dragged me in front of the sergeant major, and it's, he's like an ice chest wearing a hat pretty much. <laughs> so they bring me into the room, sit me in, the, in front of his desk. Two other Marines come in, shut the door, lock it, and then block it off. Wow. How many? There were, there were three in the room Okay. with little old me. And this man's 
he just rises and starts yelling at me. If I was his kid, he'd beat the crap out of me. If you saw me running, walking down the street, he'd beat the crap out of me. I right. am going, or they're going to drag me away with military police. Wow. It was, just, it was insanity. Well, if you weren't sure as to whether or not you wanted to quit at that point, that should have sealed the deal for you. Oh, that strengthened my resolve. I mean, a lot of people will probably call me a little wiener for weaseling out of my little contract with the military. I think it takes a lot more guts to look those three men in the eyes and tell them to go to hell. Hell yeah. Congratulations to you. Is that what you told them? Pretty much. I well. went and I consulted a lawyer. He helped me at no charge, gave me the information I need, and wow. you defer their little Department of Defense directives by number, and they know you mean business. Good for you, man. Congratulations on uh, getting out of that. I, 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 it's a great story, and I hope that people that are young and maybe considering military uh, as a, as a opportunity for their lives will seriously consider what it is you're talking about. Why did, go ahead. That wasn't a good overture to what I would expect. So uh, this national service thing seems to be their their last way to get people to come in. Yeah, I mean, obviously these sound these do sound like desperate men um, mm-hmm. trying to fill quotas and stuff. Now yelling said, at teenage boys. You, you'd mm-hmm. said that they had filled their quota yeah. for that month, but I, 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 you know, I get the impression that they may have felt the pressure on previous months or something like that in order to, I mean, it, it, you know, if they had guys lining up to do this, they wouldn't be dragging you off to some uh, town, I don't know how many miles away, having some old guy scream at you yep. in order to keep you in. How would you have felt about going in the Marines if if the Marines were being used in a constitutional fashion and and the um, recruiters were actually using ethics to recruit people? Oh, you mean if we weren't just stomping around the rest of the world imposing our will and actually defending our fellows? That would be fine. There you go. Yeah, that'll be the day. Thanks for the call, Josh. Appreciate uh, the story. And again, congratulations on your semi-freedom. 800-259-9231. As much freedom as any, the rest of us have. All right, we continue here, and we uh, go to Nigel in Texas on the amp line. Nigel, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm uh, I'm especially disturbed by this national service thing because I'm 19, and that means that I think one of the proposals is as soon as you graduate from college, you get the opportunity to serve your country. Mm, I love um, that word, opportunity. The, you know, there are a lot of proposals yeah. on the table. The, uh, the, the Americans for the National Service Act actually have a questionnaire on their website asking people for their input on exactly how people's lives should be controlled. So you know, there are several options. One is to uh, force all high schoolers to go through national service prior to graduation. Another one is right after high school graduation to require national service. I didn't see one about getting out of college, but I'm sure they'd be happy to pick you up then, too. Yeah, and I'm sure, you know, I'm an environmental engineering student, so I'm sure they could give me a nice cushy desk job at the EPA, you know, protecting the bears or whatever <laughs> whatever things the EPA accomplish. But Nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm fully aware. <laughs> um, what, what concerns me is that what if I don't want to go? You know, what are they going to do? Well, those aren't, for whatever reason, they don't answer those questions on their frequently asked questions file. So it's up to speculation at this point. I don't know what, you know, I'm not the kind of person who can read legalese, so I can't really just open up the National Service Act and get those answers for you. But if somebody who enjoys that kind of work wants to go and dig through Charlie Rangel's National Service Act, they may actually specify in there, you know, if you don't comply, then this will be a felony or a misdemeanor or whatever it is that they arbitrarily decide what if i take their money and just do a really crappy job like well, not? well then, you'd be, a bureaucrat. then you'd be a bureaucrat <laughs> well yeah <laughs> but that's what i would imagine would happen i mean you actually think people are going to be you know you actually think if you put me in the desk and tell me to write environmental <laughs> regulations or whatever they want me to do that 
that's going to work, that I'm going to, you know, put my heart and soul into that kind of thing. Yes, they do think that. It's really amazing, isn't it? Nigel, if you had more to comment, hang on. We'll bring it back. Hour two is coming up. Secession. We mentioned a story last night. We never got to it. The interesting numbers from a Zogby survey of Americans and how they feel about getting out of the United States. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up whatever you want as we launch here into hour number two of the program. The toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us at freetalklive.com. As we uh, talk about a story we sold all last night and then never got to, uh, here it is from Zogby International at zogby.com. One out of every five American adults, that's 22%, believe that any state or region has the right to peaceably secede from the United States and become an independent republic, according to a Zogby telephone poll. Yeah, I, I like I, I like the number. And by the way, it's it's not just one in five. It's it's between one in five and one in four. One in True. four and one in five. percent And um. I like what they're saying there, but some of the, the the verbiage bothers me a little bit. It's very specific. Would you support attacking and killing, um, you, you know, uh, citizens of a state that this society decided to secede from the that nation? That would be a much better question to ask, Mark. Because really, what else is there? You, you know, I mean, I suppose that peacefully could include some kind of uh, economic sanctions against the state. Um, you know, no, no longer would Vermont be allowed to sell cheese to America. Maple syrup, yeah. which, by the way, would drive up the uh, the the price of uh, um, cheese and maple syrup if uh, if in fact they did do that. Yeah, I wonder how things, uh, you know, how those responses would differ if the question were asked in that way. And of course, we can cross our fingers and hope that Zogby will do that, but they probably won't. Uh, of course, if you have enough money, you can hire these organizations to ask whatever damn questions you want to. Uh, so maybe someday when we're rolling in dough, Mark, we can run our own surveys. Mm. Anyway, the level of support for the right of secession was consistent in every region of the country, though the percentage was slightly higher in the South, 26%, and the East, 24%. The figures were also consistent for every age group, but backing was strongest among younger adults, as 40% among those between the ages of 18 to 24 and 24% between 25 to 34 agreed that states and regions have secession rights. 
Now, of course, nobody, I, I don't think on this program, believes that states could possibly have rights because we understand that only individuals can have rights. Collectives are nothing more than groups of individuals. Groups are just... I- Individuals. I think that, I think that uh, collectives have the same rights that individuals have. Which would mean that you would have the right to secede from the government people? You, you could have, you would, if, if a state has the right to secede from the nation, then um, an individual has a right to secede from the state. That does follow, sure, um, if, if you've consented to the state. Now, sure. But I don't have the right to steal from you, so therefore I can't get together 10 of my friends or 100 of my friends or, or a majority of the town, state, or uh, nation and steal from you in the form of taxes. You know, I wonder how so the, taxes, uh, secession, I believe, is legitimate. Uh, ha- taxes, however, I feel are not. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, I wonder if the question would, or the response would be different if they just simply asked if the states have the right to peaceably secede from the United States. Isn't it kind of unnecessary to throw in the extra qualifier that they would become an independent republic after the fact? Seems like, uh, again, just kind of whittling down the amount of people that could possibly respond in, in the Why wouldn't people want them to be an independent republic? Maybe they're communists or something like that. I don't know. That seems unlikely. But you could have a communist uh, republic too. Look at the Soviet Union. Those all those different people's states. republic of China. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Broken down by race, the highest percentage agreeing with the right to secede was among Hispanics at forty three percent, and well as well as African Americans at forty percent. Among white respondents, only seventeen percent said states or regions should have the right to peaceably secede. Why the big discrepancy there? Anyone want to speculate on that? Maybe the white people are more uh, attached to the status quo. Status quo. More complacent. That's my answer. Yep. Certainly seems to be the way things are, but it's uh, certainly encouraging that so many young people amongst all, you know, different uh, Hispanics, blacks, and whites, and I wonder if young Hispanics and young blacks are like above 40% as far as uh, how many want to secede. Well, that's not a desire to secede. That is the belief they're that... they're okay. That's yeah, true. You're right. You're the right. belief that it's, um, you know, that they shouldn't be attacked if they, d- if they do. But let's talk about the desire to secede. The next question they asked was, uh, I would support a secessionist effort in my state. Agree? 18% agreed with that. disagreed and 10% weren't sure. So with 10% of Americans on the fence on whether or not they would support a secessionist effort and a full 18% in support of it, that's pretty significant. I think that the the people that aren't in support, though, um, at the same time, that, that that's more wishy washy. Yeah. Well, you know, like th- think about the statements. I am in support of a secessionist movement in my state. I am. I'm not in support of a secessionist movement in my state. Not being in support of it sort of is this. You know, it's this. I don't. I don't know anything it's a safe about position. Yeah. It's a, it's the safe position, and I think those people would be much more easily swayed. Once the, state, once the state did secede or whatever. Well, change but, is but never... these numbers that we're talking about here, 20%, 18% is nearly 20%. Yeah. Uh, 18%, that's a synergy t- kind of number. Oh, yeah. Already, it's there. Um, yeah. I would suspect that, uh, in fact, the, the people that were really for it, as far as the, the revolution in the United States, were really some numbers like that. I think you're right, if not smaller numbers uh, at that time, because uh, those people that are saying, the 72% saying they wouldn't necessarily support the secessionist effort, as you say, they're, many of them probably ignorant, they're unsure of the uh, the subject matter, they don't want to go out on that limb, they're, they may, might be afraid of what could happen to them if they supported such an effort. So there could be all kinds of different factors there, but it's not necessary for a secessionist movement to be successful in order, to, or, or it's not necessary for them to have the support of a majority in order for them to be successful. Because if... Uh, 
you know, you got 18% that would support the effort. That means a smaller percentage would be those who are really pushing ahead, right? right. So like 5% would push ahead with the idea of secession. They'd have support from another 13% of the population, and that would be enough right there if those 5% were non-cooperating, if they were refusing to do business with the government, if they were just saying no, then that would be enough to just shut down the entire system as it, as it is today. That They'd so- have to put them all in camps. That sounds like a similar ratio to the American Revolution. Yeah. Yep. So the time seems ripe, especially with the statistics showing that Americans are in favor of Congress at a point of, you know, 9%. So strike while the iron is hot. As Kayleen, one of our listeners, said on the Ridley Report recently, it's time to get here to New Hampshire and get active as part of the Free State Project. If you care about liberty, if you want liberty in your lifetime, the time is, uh, is now, really, to do something about it. Or at least start planning to get here and do something about it. A little bit more numbers here from Zogby. Politically liberal thinkers were much more likely to favor the right to secession for states and regions as 32 percent. There you go. Now, conservatives, not as not as in order. Yep. 32 percent. So this backs up what we've talked about before, how it's it seems a little easier to bring liberals over to the ideas of liberty than it does some conservatives. And again, we're generalizing here clearly. Uh, obviously, you know, Mark, you were a former conservative, so well, certainly. Well, you, you were a member of the Rush Limbaugh Club in your high school. Yeah, I mean, but you that know, was high school. I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying, but I, all I am is an older conservative yeah. than you are than you were when well, the uh, the ideas came across your your, uh, your purview. The 32 percent of mainline liberals agreed with the concept, uh, and among the very liberal, the support was only slightly less enthusiastic. 28 percent said they favored such a right. Meanwhile, just 17 percent of mainline conservatives thought it should exist as an option for states or regions of the nation. Asked whether they would support a secessionist movement in their own state, 18% said they would, with those in the the South most likely to say they would back such an effort, where 24% said they would support it. And then 15% of the West and Midwest said the same. Here, too, younger adults were more likely than older adults to be supportive. 35% of those under age 30 would support secession in their state. 35%. And most of the people moving to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project are under the age of 35, I would say. I'd say that. I would would, totally agree with that statement. Uh, So, and that, again, compares to just 17% of those who are over the age of 65. Among African Americans, 33% said they would support secession, compared to just 15% of white adults. The more education a respondent had, the less likely they were to support secession, as 38% of those with less than a high school diploma would support it, compared to just 10% of those with a college degree. They've been more indoctrinated. To gauge the extent to which the support for secession comes from a sense that the nation's current system isn't working, a separate question was asked about agreement that the United States system is broken and cannot be fixed by traditional two-party politics and elections. Nearly half of respondents agreed with this statement, with 27% who somewhat agree and 18% strongly agreeing. So 44% said they believe the U.S. system is broken and can't be fixed by the traditional two-party politics and elections. Who did they say funded the study? Oh, let's see. Middlebury Institute, a think tank for the study of separatism, secession, and self-determination. Wow. Let's go look up these guys, find out a little bit more about them. More coming up. You take control. Bring up whatever is on your mind at 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. (laughs) 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got the wiki, over 1,700 pages created by listeners like you. You can go to wiki.freetalklive.com and create virtually anything that you want. It's like the listener editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. You can travel less and meet online. Try WebEx for free. Go to WebEx.com, enter promo code 600, that's 600, start your free trial today. That's WebEx, enter code, promo code 600, start your free trial of WebEx today. So we're talking about secession and the surprising, shocking numbers of Americans who are interested in supporting the idea, who... Uh, who not only uh, like the idea, but would actually get behind it if there was some sort of secession movement that we they were We should be of. surprised. Free Talk Live's been on the air for five years now, <laughs> and we've been talking about things like this, and I, you know, personally, not surprised. I don't know. We've been really harping on secession more over the last year or two, I would say, than, yeah, I than all right. five years. But there are other organizations out there promoting it, and one of those organizations, the uh, the, the group that sponsored the Zogby survey we were talking about, was the Middlebury Institute and I maybe, bet they're thrilled with the numbers. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, like I'm surprised as, as heck at these numbers myself. Uh, I, I would imagine uh, this company is just, like I said, elated. Well, uh, so I, I was uh, mentioning, you know, looking into them a little bit more, and so I went to their website, middlebury-institute.org. It's not the prettiest website, but uh, they've got a little introductory letter here, and uh, one of the bloggers over at lourockwell.com, Manuel Laura, a listener of ours, tells me that uh, he says they're a pretty decent organization, but not always pro-freedom on every issue. They apparently tend to be a little protectionist, I guess, in some areas, but... How can they be as pro-freedom as Manuel Laura? <laughs> I mean, Manuel, <laughs> whatever. He's, uh, you know, that's that's a that's a tough issue. Um, yeah. You know, I, I say take your friends where you can get Absolutely. them. Absolutely, they're doing good work. Let me share the, share their introductory letter here. This is again from MiddlebaryInstitute.org. In answer to a growing swell of interest in realistic responses to the excess of the present American empire, the Middlebury Institute has been launched by a group of activists and professionals to promote the serious study of separatism, secession, self-determination, and similar devolutionary trends and developments on both national and international scales. We believe that of the options open to those who would dissent from the actions and institutions of a government grown too big and unwieldy in it, and its handmade and corporate sponsors grown too powerful and corrupt, the only comprehensive and practical one is some form of separatism. Exploring this option is not a step to be taken lightly because there are established forces that will hamper and resist, and yet it's a legal and viable enterprise, squarely in the American tradition and of a peace with the worldwide devolutionary current that has seen the breakup of European empires. For instance, moreover, the accumulating and, of course, the Soviet Union, moreover, the accumulating signs point to a series of major crises that will seriously disrupt and may even destroy the American system in the near future. These include economic disruptions, deterioration of the power of the dollar through the mounting and uncontrollable national debt and trade imbalances. Of course, they don't mention inflation. Continued degradation of the vital ecosystems on which the nation depends. And they mention climate change. So clearly not 100 percent. They pick every target well yeah. climate change is a real issue um i you know i but you know you pick every target issue that people are out there and you know if they want to get involved in climate change yeah. that's really great in their own little republic 
However, if you start forcing people to do things, that's something entirely different. So the government has been unable or unwilling to protect. Those who want to, to absent and cushion themselves from such devastations would reasonably want to explore ways of removing their communities and regions from dangerous national, political, and economic mechanisms that are incapable of reform. I mean, after all, if the United States government is going around the world, blowing people up, destroying innocent lives, and pissing people off, which results in terrible terrorism happening, uh, you know, like 9-11 and other things like that, then it's really just a matter of time before another strike occurs. And do you want to be part of the United States when that happens? Because if Vermont and New Hampshire decide to secede, then there's a good chance that, well, we won't be targeted in the next strike. Because we won't be a part of it anymore. I don't think Vermont and New Hampshire are going to be uh, targeted anyway. Um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't seem very likely that the terrorists are going to fly any planes into the Green Mountains. Um, however, uh, you know, the, I, I think we'd have to pay the price in, in, in the form of taxes. I mean, currently, terrorism didn't affect me. I wasn't working in New York City, mm-hmm. um, and you know that's so. I'm sorry for all those people, and and to me that they're largely innocents. Um, but you know, it, it, the only way it really affected me is the fact that I've got to pay. You know, my tax dollars and my um, currency are uh, you know dependent comp- completely on this government. The Middlebury Institute says it's for these reasons that they hope to foster a national movement in the United States that will place secession on the national political agenda, encourage secessionist and separatist movements here and abroad, develop communication among those existing and future groups, create a body of scholarship to examine the ideas and promote the ideas of separatism and work carefully and thoughtfully for the ultimate task, the peaceful dissolution of the American empire. And to those goals, I say bravo and right on, and I am in 100% agreement. And it's time people started talking about this issue. Clearly, it has support amongst the American population. Clearly. Especially amongst amongst young people, and that's really the group that matters the most because the older, uh, you know, the 65-plus set, they're going to croak soon so uh let's start propagating this idea and popularizing it and let's make this happen and go to your phone calls dave is on the line listening to kgez in montana hello dave hey how you doing hey dude what's on your mind you don't even realize we're captured already man most people are held captive by the fear that they're not free Mm. because they don't even want to think about that aspect it's like uh the feds would never let a state practice succession you know what do you think they do dave look they dress up like terrorist thugs with masks on their face with m16s they'd walk into your store and they'd tell you give me all your money and all your merchandise and all your belongings like they do to medical marijuana people in california that the whole the state voted it in and the feds dressed up like like terrorists. So you think they'd they'd end up just throwing people into concentration camps or something like that? Oh, they they well they'd come in with M1 uh, tanks or whatever, you know. What if there were what if there were secession movements in multiple places at once? I mean, the United States military is pretty spread thin around the world. If a couple states decided to go yeah, ahead and secede, they'd what would they do? The National Guard, you know, with all their stuff and everybody. Yeah, you know, but they'd have to just... call in the guard from the other states because they probably wouldn't want to kill their own uh, family members. I mean, it seems unlikely that they all the would go along it. with that. The way to do it is in their pocketbook, man. You pull all the money out of the banks. You don't buy their insurance. You don't buy their gasoline. You don't send the kids to the public school. You don't uh, participate in the, in their voting and nothing. You just you get forty million people withdrawn. 
But that's what we're talking about. I mean, that's what uh, that's what I favor is personal secession, where each individual. I mean, I, I still like to buy gas because I like getting across town. But uh, but you know, if each individual secedes and they say to themselves and their and their friends and others that they no longer are part of the U.S. government system, then that's all it'll take, and that's what you're advocating. And so, uh, if that's what you're saying, then I'm in, in total agreement that people should just well, withdraw the only themselves. Way it's going to happen is in their right. pocket. You hit them in the pocketbook. Well, we can't expect, and Dave, thanks for the call we can't expect to come to some sort of consensus on this because then you've got to get the majority to agree and they're going to pass some law to secede and if that ha- if it happens that way then that's fine but it seems more difficult they didn't way. do it in the revolutionary war you mean get everybody to agree right 1-800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line more people are withdrawing their consent as every day goes by and we want you to be a part of it this is free talk live Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features we give away, those other talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their website. Enjoy ours for free, including the archives, an entire year's worth of the show, front page of the website. For your downloading convenience, click and enjoy at freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls. Talking secession, Grant is on the line in Kalispell, listening to KGEZ. Hello, Grant. That's Mac. Mac is on the line. I don't know how they messed that one up. Mac, what's on your mind? Hey, I wanted to talk about the numbers. You guys were talking about the numbers of the people that were talking about secession and said they agreed with it. Yes. I wanted to put out something that I'm um, definitely not trying to say anything racist or anything like that. But I wanted to say that this is uh, probably why the numbers are the way they are, is most of the people in government, uh, good or bad, are, are middle-aged and elderly white people. Makes sense. Yeah, it's true. Uh, and, and they don't want the apple cart turned upside down. They like their position. You notice the people that got the government jobs, the government benefits, uh, they're the ones that don't mind taking the taxes from you uh, to, uh, uh, you know, have their little cherry little life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I mean, that's pretty easy to figure out those numbers. You know, I mean, the younger people, they're not going to get into those positions, of, uh, you know, like, you know, our families and our, you know, elders have. So those numbers were pretty easy to see. So do you think it's going to happen? Do you think that uh, are you as paranoid as our last caller about the you know them rolling in tanks? What do you think would happen if Montana decided you know the people in Montana decided they'd had enough with the federal government? I I I have already succeeded. I've called you guys many times. I already told you guys I'm off the grid. I got no bank account. I don't pay taxes. I you know I you know you know what that's the way I live. I'm, that's you know, excellent. I'm free already. Good. Uh, and uh, come on out to my house, try to take my gun. Get one little time. <laughs> All right, man. Well, good for you, and, and, I, and I just and hope I, it expands I from there. I, go ahead. If you got 30% of uh, Montanans uh, standing up against anybody that comes in here, you got a badass little outfit. I bet you would. 
And I don't, I don't think all 30% would be willing to, uh, to defend themselves with, uh, with violence, and I don't know if that would be the, the most effective method uh, to secede, but I think the more people we've got with, uh, that are doing the same things that you are, not necessarily withdrawing completely from society, I don't necessarily, uh, or withdrawing from their worse. neighbors. Right, okay, that's good. You're not living out in the woods, and uh, you're not a hermit. Well, I'm actually my nickname is the Mountain Troll, and, uh, but I still work. I still work forty to sixty hours a week, um, but I work for cash and uh, I barter, and uh, I do just quite fine. I Good never deal. run out of gas, I never run out of cigarettes, and I never run out of beer, and I never run out of bullets. So Good times, man. That? I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all, and I thank you for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. And I didn't mean to suggest there's anything wrong with living out in the woods. We basically live out in the woods here. I mean, there's hey, yeah, woods I'm, everywhere. I've got my own little ruby yeah. ridge out there. <laughs> Let's hope not. 1-800-259-9231. You know, there's actually no place called Ruby Ridge. It was, uh, it was like the Ruby Creek or something like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, no. it was just uh, some something that the reporters made up but i think if more people started withdrawing their support from the system that they disagree with if you don't like what these government people are doing with the money you're giving them stop it stop giving them the money and find other people who will also join you in those efforts and you're going to by the way find more of them here in new hampshire as part of the free state project yes. in case you're looking this is where you would find them. yes uh it's going to be very difficult to unearth those types of people in any other place in this country i mean i think montana probably has a higher pro- propensity toward those sorts of individuals. I agree. yeah the unabomber is from there but if you're living on the west coast of florida as we used to live uh no I mean, there's no chance. Well, you know, I, I, the, the Unabomber picked Montana for a reason. I mean, it's not like <laughs> there are Unabombers. He picked it because it's, uh, you know, the population's low and they mind their own business if you want to have your own business left alone. Yeah. So uh, the movement continues to grow, and we continue to talk about it here. Of course, you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. Let's talk about some of the reasons why people might want to secede. Wayne, you've got a story about the economic situation in this country, and it's not getting better. No, the New York governor warns of an economic crisis. In a rare, brief uh, televised address, Governor David A. Patterson announced on Tuesday afternoon, which was yesterday, that he would call the legislature into an emergency session on August 19th to address what he called an economic and budget crisis confronting New York State as a result of plummeting revenues and rising costs. The new governor of So the government's running out of money is what you're saying. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I'll get to that. The, The new governor avoided any mention of new taxes, instead arguing forcefully for austerity. He said he was calling on the legislature to reduce the size of the state workforce... Cut agency spending. Oh, no, our bureaucrats. You can't yeah. do that. These are our public servants. Well, I'm glad that he is calling for that. Yeah. Uh, at least he understands. It, because uh, what a lot of them do is say, oh, my gosh, in, revenue is down because people are getting, um, you know, making less money. We'll have to raise taxes. Because yeah. they don't think for a second of spending less, having, you know, firing sure. people from the government. It, it's important that people have jobs so they can pay these taxes. So we'll just hire them all. But what they but don't you, realize is that people that work for the government are less efficient. Yeah, and if you raise taxes beyond a certain point, then people just decide to sell their property and they'll leave. They'll they'll live in motorhomes. They vote with their feet. They'll they'll become homeless. But astonishingly, this this, uh, governor of New York is is, uh, calling for cutting agency spending, reducing property taxes for homeowners. Uh, Now we get sketchy. uh, It says aid New Yorkers with soaring cost of home energy and even consider private-public partnerships that would take over state assets. Now that's interesting. What if they? What if oh, uh, some public company or private companies took over the highways there? 
Uh, quote, revenues are dropping dramatically, the governor added. At the start of May, the state budget office projected a cumulative deficit of $21.5 billion over the next three years. Now, just two months later, that estimate has risen to $26.2 billion. Deficit means that they're only going to take in X and they're going to spend Y, and right. Y is bigger than X by the deficit. Right. They're spending more than they have that year. Right. And right. then the deficit adds to the debt. But see, they can't run a debt. Most states States have, can't because they yeah. don't print, uh, you know, they they don't print, print, print money. money. Right. But that's a 22% increase in less than 90 days. Mr. Patterson offered another example of the rapid deterioration in the state, state's finances. In June 2007, roughly a year ago, he said, the 16 banks that pay the most on their business profits remitted $173 million to the state treasury. This June, just a month ago, they sent us $5 million, a 97% wow. decrease, he said. <laughs> uh, he vowed, we will cut spending. Government will learn to do more with less. He called for help from business and labor <laughs> leaders and New York's representatives in Washington to support him. Okay, now it gets sketchy there. He added, it is time for New York and other governments to cut up our credit cards. The era of buy now and pay later and later is over. Yeah, talk is It should cheap. have never started. Yes. We'll see. The faster we address this crisis, the faster and stronger we will emerge from it. So he says some of the right things. We'll see if they really do it. Well, of course, the government doesn't address anything quickly. So, I mean, I, I'm sure he'd like them to address this fast, sure. but it's not going to really happen that way. And maybe that'll uh, result in more damage to them. Who knows? Sure. But New York is the second state in five days to declare a fiscal emergency. And you're going to see a lot more. What was the first? Uh, well, the first was California five yeah, days ago. Figures. Yeah, I heard them talking about in California, I think the idea is being thrown, thrown around to pay the bureaucrats minimum wage. Excellent. That would be awesome. <laughs> but it'll never happen because the bureaucrats are way too powerful a lobby. I mean, their unions are Johnny on the spot to make sure that their jobs are protected the way they are. So seems unlikely, but kind of a neat idea. Let's go to your calls about what you want. Dave is on the line in California, and then more economic disaster news here in moments. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Dave? Uh, uh, am I, are you receiving me okay? We've Hello? got you, Dave. What's on your mind tonight? What's on my mind tonight is exactly what you're talking about, but I want to take it a little further. By the way, tomorrow is the date that the governor is supposed to be able to start paying everybody minimum wage. No way. So we'll is this really going to happen? You think, you think that's a possibility? It could actually happen? Well, I can't tell you because I'm not the governor. I should be, but I'm not. <laughs> All I can tell you is that tomorrow is the day it's supposed to happen. All right, I know you're calling about something else, so hang on. We'll bring you back more with Dave in California, and we'll take your calls about whatever you want. Well, it turns out that President Bush apparently has a solution for uh, some people with economic troubles. and This is going to be golden. We'll tell you what that is here in a few moments. And, of course, you can bring up whatever you want. This is your show. Take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up anything via the toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Do you like Free Talk Live and want to support the show? Then learn how to promote Free Talk Live over at promote.freetalklive.com. Various different ways, everything from flyers you can print out and put up places or hand out to uh, online. 
voting and stuff like that that you can do. Easy, simple, usually very quick and low, if not low cost, if not free ways to promote Free Talk Live and get the message of liberty and freedom into more ears around the country and around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com to learn more. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Uh, looks like Dave dropped off the line, so we continue with your calls about what you want. It's Monica in New Hampshire on the Amp Line. Hello, Monica. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, what's on your mind? Well, um, I actually called in to talk about NASA. Uh, the organization turned 50 yesterday, and uh, I thought everyone should know what they've been doing. Do but, tell. Um, first, I, w- I wanted to uh, kind of comment on the, the national service thing uh, that you guys talked about uh, at the top of the show. Sure, national slavery. Um, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, this, this is basically... Uh, you know, Hayek talks about this in his Road to Serfdom, uh, and it's pretty much right on path with uh, the same things that the Nazis and the fascists were doing in Germany and Italy. Uh, this whole community service idea is to get people used to the idea of the social uh, as apart and separate from the individual good and uh, higher than the individual good. And to get people used to uh, being mobilized uh, collectively as groups and not, you know, uh, as individuals. Right, and also uh, to uh, incul- also to inculcate them with the belief that they actually do, in point of fact, uh, owe some sort of debt of allegiance or service debt to the government that must be fulfilled, which of course is total fantasy. Right. Not yeah. The, this this whole social good concept. Uh, and then the, the second thing I noticed was, you know, looking over uh, the website and everything, uh, like a major part of their reason for existence is uh, to respond to national emergencies. And I think that's hearkening to a future where, you know, which we, we've already seen part of already through the war on drugs and the war on terror and, you know, these, these kind of really exclamatory, uh, you know, highly reactionary uh, kind of uh, responses where everything is a threat to security and is also a justification for more government control over not only our economic lives but our private lives as well. Right, and they're a t- they're, they're an attack on the language too, simply because a war is a is a conflict between nations, and so you can't have a war on drugs, you can't have a war on poverty, you can't have a war on anything except another nation or a war on terror. Terror is a tactic; it's not a uh, an adversary. Yeah, exactly. The the destruction of the language is part and parcel with the whole thing because if they use language, if they use words, uh, you know, in in their their original, you know, kind of explicit meanings, then it deprives them of the ability to insinuate and lead people, you know, down this path to serfdom. because people would be aware of it, right? And and the uh, obvious the obvious reference in there is 1984. Uh, Georgia Orwell, um, you know, was was very clear that the Ministry of Peace was about war, and and the Ministry of Truth was about lies. Yeah, yeah, freedom is slavery and all that. <laughs> but um, yeah, back to NASA. So uh, good news, right? Uh, NASA they've been around since 1958. They've been doing good things, right? They gave us Velcro. <laughs> no, they didn't. Timberpedic mattresses. Nope. <laughs> well, no, they actually, didn't. Actually, oh, that's false. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, an article uh, on Rockwell.com. It actually came out in 2006. But uh, you know, Velcro uh, was the idea of an engineer. <laughs> Sorry, uh, not NASA. The Tempur-Pedic company made uh, those memory cell mattresses, and uh, Tang was created by the General Foods Corporation, all private companies. Yep. Yep. And, uh, 
And, and NASA took the good ideas. Certainly NASA used them, and I suppose that's some level of endorsement or another. If you're going to um, go somewhere inhospitable, perhaps this is the drink you should drink. And, you know, they really, they really haven't done anything significant since they put the space shuttle up in space for no, the first time. No, not really. Time. They blew up a few yeah, of them. And, and what they have done is spent billions of our dollars to date. Uh, $592.4 billion. Yep, and, and half a trillion dollars. Yep, and, and they've got no return yep. on investment, virtually no return on investment, because the original uh, purpose of the space shuttle program was to study all kinds of things and have sort of scientific advancements, none of which have come to fruition. And, the, of course, the private efforts that we've seen in regards to space travel and space uh, commerce have been far more successful at a far lower price. And if we had true free market competition in the world of space as the the world is now finally opening up to the marketplace. Right. We will see yeah, greater and, and greater advances and new generations of spaceships every year instead of this 20, 30, 40, however the hell old year old this right. uh, space shuttle <laughs> the is. The space shuttle is from the 70s. There's actually, there's actually a new one slated to be coming out uh, by the end of 2009. Yeah. Two Good luck to them. Yeah. And the most significant thing that the United States did was in the 60s when they put a man on the moon. And, and I think the reason why they did that so quickly and so efficiently at the competition. time was competition with the Russians. They were no trying doubt. to outdo the Russians. Yep. Right. Now, Monica was making... Do you know how much that one cost? That cost about $136 billion in today's, in today's dollars. It's still mean, a lot of... The Spaceship One went up uh, total development costs. Uh, you know, they haven't released the numbers, but total development costs were estimated between 20 and 30 million. Yep. And they're going to do it again, and, and they'll do it for cheaper. And they've got Spaceship Two coming out, right, Monica? Well, no, no, no. That was Spaceship Two is what they're calling the NASA, the NASA one. Spaceship no, One. No, no, they're not. You said NASA's coming out with a no, new spaceship, No, no, you, right? you, you just jumped no, no, to no. Uh, private, the same company that brought us Spaceship One. Oh, because yeah. I thought I saw a story one. recently saying that NASA was planning on coming out with a new space shuttle at some point. They may very well, you may very well have seen that story. Okay. Monica, any other thoughts? Thanks for the call. Very good, I guess. Thanks. 800-259-9231. Maybe it'll be their last one. Let's continue here because space travel, I think a lot of people want to see it happen. I think a lot of people are interested in space. They're curious about it, and they'd be more than willing to fund private space uh, ventures. I mean, the billionaires are certainly willing to, willing to fund it. They want to go to space. Yeah. They and want the to be able to say it. And the and, ones who don't want to fund it or can't fund it don't have to be plundered. Exactly. You know, and, and um, I was I was li- watching, so- listening to uh, NPR recently, um, you know, on the way here, and they were talking about uh, conspicuous consumption and how the rules of economics don't apply to the ultra rich. And it's true. You or I may not, uh, you know, the, 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 it, we wouldn't spend the kind of money to go to the moon that it would take to go to the moon. But when you're talking about the ultra rich... The people drop that, in the bucket. It's, yeah, they they have that kind of money. The what the, well, the one thing that they want to be able to say to their friend is, <laughs> yes, I was on, I was on the moon in uh, the, 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 the lake of tranquility last week, and I hit a golf ball. You couldn't, Jeeves, you couldn't believe miles. That thing went miles and miles. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's yeah. what they want. Yeah. So and they should be able to have it. That level of conspicuous consumption employs. So many people. How many right. people are in the luxury boat industry? How many people are in... I, I How many hard-working, uh, you know, middle class to lower middle class or poor people are the ones building those boats and the ones putting those right. things together? Those are the people, you know, and, and that's what they found in the Clinton administration when they tried this luxury tax. That they What they do, they put the jet industry and the, the uh, boat mm-hmm. industry, uh, you know, yeah. uh, nearly put it in the ground. Yeah. 
Now, and I'll bet a martini tastes better uh, with zero gravity. <laughs> you know, I'll bet it tastes better when you got a billion dollars in the bank. <gasps> that too. Let's go to Robin in Montana listening to KGEZ. Robin, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, I just, I just want to know why Montana shouldn't succeed. You know, we got, we got forest timber here, and, and, the, and the Forest Service has locked us out of it. We got beautiful streams here. And they put fish and game on, on, on the streams and pull over the tubers and kayakers and make sure they're not drinking any oh, beer. Geez. Wearing their stupid uh, life vests and, and make sure you got your poo bag because they want you to poo in a bag now. <laughs> and, and then, to top it off, oh. they want to ask you for ID. Now, how many people float down a stream and with carry their, their driver's ID license? With, yeah. You know, wow. On top of that, we have oil here. Um, we sit on, what, 503 to 508 billion barrels of oil on the Bakken oil field? You've also got a, uh, an international border, which would help facilitate, uh, facilitate international trade as well, which would be and, good. Exactly, and we've got every mineral just about you can think of. So why shouldn't we succeed? I what think you should. I think you should both succeed us, and secede. I think you'll su- succeed at seceding. Yes, if you, oh, oh, if you I want it. So. I think oh, you should. Yeah, you know. You should form well, I mean, some sort of movement. Is there an affi- is there a movement? Is there anybody with a you know a website or a forum or something up there to spur this on? Uh, not that I know of at this yeah. point. I know there's a lot of people buying their years to food apply three, four, seven years. We've got all pretty much got our beans and bullets and uh and I think a lot of us are just to the point where we're waiting to get it on. You know? Let's have a competition. Let's see who can secede first. Montana, uh, the people in Montana or the people in New Hampshire, and maybe those Vermonties will get on the case, too. Thanks for the call, okay. dude. Appreciate hearing from you, and I wish you the best of luck. Everybody that wants freedom for themselves should be able to have it. And if you don't feel like you can get it where you are, then you should look into the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. We did. We moved to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, all three of us, and it uh, has been the best Probably one of the best decisions of my entire life. 800-259-9231 is the number. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. Hour 3 is coming up. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Write to your phone calls, and then we'll talk about how George Bush is going to be bailing people out of a, of a big mess at your cost you're going to be paying for it uh we'll go first though to rob in ontario you're on free talk live hello rob hi gentlemen hey what's on your mind tonight well i just finished a a book uh, which is a recent book called witness to roswell and besides the ufo aspect of it uh let's go with the theory that it was the weather balloon the book details uh, rather well in in what the government did at that time to numerous Roswell residents so that they wouldn't talk about the weather balloon. Really? Threaten them with death. Um, that was l- largely uh, 
their tactic is that if, if they mentioned what they saw, the weather balloon, uh, th- they would be killed and their family would be killed. What was so bad about a weather balloon? Well, I mean, I'm being somewhat facetious. That's the government line. Right. Um, once whatever happened in Roswell happened, the government issue, first issued a press release saying it was a flying saucer, and within hours changed their press release to say that it was a weather balloon. So the question has always been, you know, was it something other than a weather balloon? And we'll probably never know for sure. But you know, no, th- but uh, the, the point is, why would the government threaten people with death if it was just a weather balloon? Because if the belief of U- of UFOs and, and extraterrestrial uh, intelligence gets around, then it undermines the government's authority over the populace. Well, it certainly does. But it's a very interesting study on uh, on how a government reacted to what they saw as being a crisis. Yeah, well, that's all they've got. I mean, they either bribe people, like uh, George Bush is going to do here in a, in a few moments, we'll tell you about, uh, or they threaten them. And yeah. they you know, they threaten them with harm, as we were talking about earlier, with the military recruiters threatening the uh, the teenage boys when they weren't doing exactly what they wanted them to do, and in this case, uh, threaten the homeowners in the area in Roswell to keep them quiet. Uh, you know, I don't know what the real story is with, uh, with aliens. I think there's certainly a good chance that there's other life out there. It certainly is a big universe, and it seems awfully... Uh, <laughs> It seems awfully absurd to believe that we're the only thing going out well, there. It's, so. it's an interesting read whether you believe in UFOs or not, yeah. just to look at the reaction of the government people. Uh, and, and what was this? It was a book, you say? It's a book. It's called Witness to Roswell. Very good. Rob, and thanks. In the book, hmm? at the, the last ahead. chapter, there is a, um, a penned letter from uh, one of the uh, U.S. Uh, Army people it wasn't to be opened until after his death, and I won't give away what the letter says, but it's, uh, it's very key in the whole Roswell mystery. Are you trying to sell this book? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I, no, then go ahead and give, I, give, I, away. Yeah, give it away. Spoil us, because <laughs> we're not going to read it. Well, you know, you wouldn't tell the person at the, at the end of a movie how it ends. Yeah, I, I understand, but there are 7,000 books released now per now month you, in the United States. Right, if you're, There's if you're not 7,000 movies. If so you're going to buy this book, then tune out now. Okay, go ahead and spoil it for us. Okay. Well, uh, th- this uh, army person uh, admitted to uh, being part of a cover-up and, and seeing a saucer of sorts and, uh, and seeing uh, dead bodies. Bodies of aliens or bodies of yeah, humans? Yeah, no, bodies of aliens. Wow. Wow. It's a pretty big deal. Pretty exciting stuff. Thank you, Rob, for the call tonight. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Do you remember the alien, so-called alien autopsy photos that circula- circulated around the Internet about yeah. 10 years ago? They were videoed uh, as well. Yes. Fake. Probably. Well, uh, you know, it's all very interesting, all very intriguing, but my question is, why is it that the uh, government people, which are normally so inefficient and bumbling and stupid, uh, why is it that they've managed to cover up so well these uh, supposedly true stories of alien invasion? Well, I think that um, what what you're dealing with, if... Let me take the side of uh, believing in aliens uh, here for a moment. Um, Likely what you've got are, you know, one out of a hundred stories are true or less. Mm -hmm. So the government's really only trying to hide and failing at hiding a few instances. Those are the ones that, let's say the government screws up 75% of the time. That sounds like the right number, doesn't it? Yeah, I think that's conservative. Okay, I'm trying to be conservative here. So they screw up <laughs> 75% of the time, and one in 500 of the stories are true. Make okay. sense to you now? Yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah, but 
I don't know. I mean, the, the, the allegation that they they had alien bodies and, and a craft of some sort suggests that the government was somehow able to mobilize and actively, you know, clean that situation up and, and cover it up. It just... Well, it, I think that they could, the government could get there, um, mm-hmm. could keep people away, yeah, and they could, um, you know, get the bodies, and they could store the bodies someplace where, you know, those of us, um, you know, the rest of us can't get to I guess currently. back in the 40s, you know, their information wouldn't travel as fast right. as far as the, uh, you know, the, those who would be interested in in such things outside of governmental apparatus. And and probably citizens were probably a little more compliant back then, and also the threats of violence were probably taken very seriously. All good points. Toll-free number for you if you want to chime in on this, 800-259-9231. I'd like to say that, uh, you know, super light speed seems unlikely to me, and I don't know how aliens would get here otherwise. Um, There's an astronaut recently said that uh, um, he saw aliens on the moon. Is that right? Yeah. uh, Why would they be there? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I could see a reason to come uh, to come here. It's kind of lots of stuff going on. Maybe here. they're from there. Well, if you're going Not at the speed, moon <laughs> if you're going at the speed of light and you turned on the headlights, would anything happen? No, you'd be able to look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to your calls. Uh, Travis on the line in Kalispell, listening to KGEZ. Hello, Travis. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, actually, I got a. No, I guess I'm tired of too many multitude of questions going on here. But uh, nonetheless, actually, kind of back to the whole space program. Yes, sir. As far as being on the moon, all right. So the United States has a space program, uh, Russia, China, to an extent, and Japan. Why is it that the United States has been to the moon three times and no other country has ever been there? Uh, They've got more money to spend, probably. I would guess. I mean, there's just a bigger budget for NASA. There's more money in the U.S. federal government. Showing up second isn't a really great thing to do. And yeah, also, and what's there to do on the moon? I mean, the, the, you've got one moon rock. You've got, you know, you're done, right? And also, yeah, we, we, we also, at that time when we did it, we still had some wealth left from the last vestiges of real capitalism in this country. We had more wealth to throw at this than the Soviets did. Does that answer your question? Not necessarily. Why has no other country ever been there, though? Well, what's in it for them? I mean, why should they? If, if, the United States, there. if, in fact, the moon landing is a lie, what difference does it make? Well, it's in every major textbook, the rest of it, and all the talk of heads on TV are going sitting there and going, yep, we've been to the moon, but yet every other country out there is uh, pretty much laughing. Oh, is that what you're getting at? You're suggesting, you're suggesting it's, it was faked, the moon landing was faked? Uh, honestly, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, it's 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 an interesting theory and uh, really pretty so, much irrelevant to Do you think anything? Do you think that the um he, here's um, my question now. Do you think that the American people are the only people um in the world, the 300 million Americans are the only people really that believe that the United States went to the moon and the rest of the world thinks that um you know, we're fools for believing our government did? Actually, yes, I do. Yeah, man, I, I I would love to see some statistics of what the people around the world <laughs> think, but I would I'll tell you that if they've duped us, they've likely duped the rest of the world. So, what kind of other trickery are you going to allege that uh, NASA has been involved in? Uh, and are they faking the Mars lander as well? Is that just you know out in a desert somewhere here on? Yeah, uh, completely robotic, and there's not uh, radiation involved as far as actually having like a human type person in an air or sorry spacecraft. Yeah, all the objections. We actually looked at this a while back on the program a few years ago. Someone called about this, and it was intriguing more so at at that time because we never really heard it before. 
and we looked into it, and all of the claims that the people that say that the moon landing was faked have been pretty effectively rebutted. You can go online and search around and look, and you can read both sides of this and, and dig around and look through as much of the information as you want. And after you've done, you'll have spent a bunch of time and gotten nothing out of it except more uh, statistics and claims and factoids. And really, what's it all matter anyway, right? I mean, we're all we're already against NASA. Whether or not the moon landing was was real, uh, the government bureaucracy government does not uh, should not belong in space uh, research or exploration whatsoever. So uh, really, the the truth behind the moon landing, whatever it is, totally irrelevant. Thank you for the call. 800-259-9231. I think it's a good conversation over beers. Yeah, there you go. So, crack one open. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll-free number for you is 800-259-9231. Your calls continue in moments. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever might have to be on your mind toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us, including the Shrine of Female Listeners, the Bulletin Board System, live streams, and more. We give it all away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you, so enjoy our website on us, it's all for free, and there's a lot more stuff there than uh, the average talk show site. Some might even suggest more than uh, pretty much any other talk show website. Judge for yourself at freetalklive.com. And if you've got a company or know of a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, get them in touch with our friends over at SACL CAI. Jason Osborne, his dad, and uh, the rest of the crew over there, they do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. Their employees are trained not only in resolving issues for your customers, but also treating them with respect. And they know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you'd like to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. As we continue with your calls, Dennis is on the line in New Hampshire on the Amp Line. Hello, Dennis. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, sir. What's on your mind? I wanted to talk about uh, Sam from the Obscured Truth Network and his most excellent documentary. Ah, Sam, who has called the show a number of times over the last few months, uh, detailing his adventures in legal land, for uh, for lack of a better term, where he's gone into the courtrooms of Texas, where he lives, and and just tried to ask some questions of the judge and the, the people there about the process that they are subjecting him to. They don't want to answer those questions, and you can go to ObscuredTruth.com to see the full 30-plus minute uh, documentary as well as some of his follow-up videos. Your thoughts, uh, Dennis? Well, I think there are some uniquely New Hampshire things that are going to be very helpful for Sam when he gets out here and tries to do uh, similar activism out here. Um, pretty much he, he's engaging, you could say, within the system, and the weapons, the tools he has <clears throat> include in part his camera. But a lot of the tactical um, I guess you could say bullets in his artillery are the laws of the state, the Constitution, and you know, and, and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, the way it works in New Hampshire—I don't know if you're aware of this—but New Hampshire's legislature is sometimes called the General Court. Okay. And there's a reason for that. In New Hampshire, there is not a separate but equal separation of powers. They very intentionally have, for example, a very weak executive. The, the governor is, is hamstrung and can't spend money without the approval of a council. But the general court, the legislature, is in fact in control of the courts. 
the, the general court, the legislature, can dissolve the entire court system if it wishes to. Hmm. It's done so at least twice, I believe maybe even three times in the history of the state. Just said from the Supreme Court on down, you're all replaced, we need something new. Wow. Interesting. So the Supreme, the, the, the legislature, the, excuse me, the uh, House of Representatives, is that right? I believe to do that level of uh, do-over, you require both the House and the Senate. Okay. Wow. But basically, yeah, it, it's very clear that the, um, the legislature is, is in control. They can also remove individual judges. They can just say, you know, th- this judge is no good, and he's gone. It's not a life appointment. It's at the will, at the whim of the legislature. So if Sam could make a, uh, a, a moving enough documentary about uh, his adventures in legal land, and, and I suspect he'd have some, some similar problems in New Hampshire that he would in Texas as to what he faced, if he could make a moving enough documentary, um, the, 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 uh, likely the, uh, the House could just get that judge out of office. They'd see it and say, get him out of here. As it turns out, there are people working on this right now. Really? Um, ahead, of, ahead of Sam, yeah. Uh, a couple, uh, not just a couple, I would say about a half dozen uh, current and former state reps have been working this issue for years. Hmm. Um, they have seen, you know, all too many cases where some judge either falls asleep at some guy's trial or is not <laughs> paying attention to the rules that he's supposed to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And what they have set up, this was a big issue that. Um, the political director of the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, who's also a state rep, uh, Dan Itza, who's been on your show, he, he was working on this issue a lot last year, um, basically reinstituting a process for redress of grievances in which any individual citizen who has a grievance against his government goes not to the court system, but to his state representative, who's supposed to be a neighbor, who's supposed to be someone that he knows and trusts and is close to him, and takes it up with them they can introduce a bill of redress and bring forward before the legislature what not necessarily a law just whatever reparation is necessary to restore the people to the law as expressed in the constitution and the most common um reason for doing this apparently when it used to happen more frequently in the in the early part of the um 19th century was exactly this case that some judge was not properly following the law, and the people needed to be restored to their law. And so you know, the, the legislature would sometimes say, okay, that, that, um, that court case, is, we need a do-over. Or in extreme cases, if a judge is consistently needing do-overs, remove this judge. Wow, very interesting. Now, um, how often, you probably don't know this, it would just seem like one of the problems that I would have that I would like to go to my uh, Democratic uh, uh, representative who has gotten a D on the NHLA's uh, um, rating card is say, look, there's a group here um, in town that's uh, robbing me. They're sending me threatening letters, and if I don't give them money, they claim they're going to take my house away. And I would like to have you you to go to redress these grievances because apparently this group is, um, you know, they're in cahoots with the state legislature. Yeah, that your D rep's not going to help you there, and even an A rep is going to understand and sympathize, but is going to go look. This, this isn't going to get anywhere, at least in the immediate term. Well, right. sure, because um, I think you know, I think consent here is is a factor. I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for Sam, but I don't imagine that he is going to be consenting to have any of these people represent him. I don't think that he would believe 
for a moment that any of these people could possibly represent his interests in this governmental structure. So I doubt he's going to bother to appeal to any of these people's sense of justice or, or fairness uh, in these cases. I mean, certainly his point... I'm not so sure about that. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to get in Sam's head, but if you talk to the more far out there libertarian reps, um, I think they're probably... You know, I, I wouldn't trust anyone to completely represent me without, like, power attorney and all that jazz. There's a, Dan Itza could pretty much represent me. Yeah, exactly, and he's not alone. Like I say, there's, there's about a half dozen that are pretty actively working this. And starting next year, actually, they have set up uh, a committee, you know, a formal committee in the legislature, and their purpose is addressing redress of grievances so that citizens can come and just basically complain about their government. Well, that's and nice. That can, you know, You're saying they well, can actually do something can, about it, though. Yeah, the, the committee can introduce bills to the legislature to try and, you know, restore by what by whatever means the people to the laws expressed in the Constitution. Well, very good. I don't think it's it's not going to be like an instant kind of like oh we just absolved all yeah. you know dissolved all the courts, but. The point being that the tools that you have available, the number of people you have already working the issue with you on the inside, not just you on the outside saying, hey, look, watch my video, but you've got people inside who've been working this and are going to be like, oh, thank God you showed up. Yeah. So that's the kind of, that's, it's, it's good stuff. Very good, Dennis. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Yeah, I understand there are some people that may share some belief systems with me that are in the New Hampshire State House, but I would never call them my representatives. I don't want to consent to the system. You know, I'm not interested in, in obeying their diktats and their laws. You know, I'd More like coming the up, results matter to me, control, not This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Features are free. Enjoy them on us, including the bulletin board system. Get interactive with thousands of our listeners and hundreds of thousands of posts. Surf around, enjoy, and uh, have fun over at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Mark, you were trying to make some point about recalcitrance as we were going out to the break there, and I wanted to make sure you came right back around to that because I kind of had to talk over you there. Yeah, you know, um, the, 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 I, I, look, I want the results of freedom and this whole you know, principled stance that I shan't be involved in this whole messy process of the legal system these people don't represent me they they're don't. not my leaders they're not i don't know what you say when you're saying we uh, you it's know not me. all that all that garbage that's just it's not garbage it, it's just a way to get in it's just a way to slow down the process as though this I isn't don't care hard about enough your process is as though it isn't hard enough to get freedom um you know you you want to make it's it that much that, more difficult it's not that hard really all you have to do is we were talking about earlier with our friends from montana is just have people stop cooperating and that's uh, that will lead to the situation that we need to have, where market-based that's voluntary solutions begin replacing the government. Your opinion is to what it will lead to. That's right. You it's are the not right. Solution. You are just it's guessing. It's a simple, easy solution that's very, very powerful. It does not require the. Uh, it does not require you bending down and begging some legis 
legislator, someone who believes that they're of a higher uh, quality of person than you, does not require you to kiss their ring you, you, and ask them to you're go nice with you. applying um, thoughts to this person, this fictitious person that uh, hasn't been put in, in any situation with you. Look, if I can get what I need to get by going through Dan Itza, I would. Okay, that's nice. And so? if you couldn't, if you would refuse to go through Dan Itza in order to get what you need to get, as far as freedom goes, I'd say you're foolish. Look, I uh, reject the political process as far as attaining liberty in our lifetime. We've seen great, uh, we've seen great examples of how non-cooperation is very successful in uh, challenging the status I've quo. I've seen a few examples of how that's so. Yep, and you're going to see more of it as more people come here, as I pointed out recently on the blog over at freekeen.com in my letter to all of the Keene bureaucrats here in the uh, the Keene area of New Hampshire. Let me let me just share this with you, a, a quick vision for what's coming next. I said, uh, Keene's government people are hereby put on notice. Everything you know is about to change. And as one of uh, someone who read the article suggested, perhaps not everything they know, that may be a little hyperbolic. But anyway, as each month goes yeah, by... Hyperbole is okay when you're, uh, you know, ready. Making a point. Yeah, that's, that's right. fine. As each month goes by, more liberty-loving activists will be moving into the Keene area, and of course the rest of New Hampshire as well. Uh, please understand that voluntary interaction in a free market is the most humane method of interaction for mankind. These ideas of liberty are powerful and infectious. As our concentration and influence build, our ideas will become popular. Your government corporation will lose its most precious element of legitimacy as more and more people choose to ignore your diktats and live as free men and women. Enjoy your coercive reign over the people in Keene while it lasts. I expect you'll find your power over others diminishing over time, hopefully sooner rather than later, but I want to assure you that it is going to happen. Therefore, you should start thinking about products or services that you can offer to the marketplace on a voluntary basis, just like the rest of us peaceful people. And then I post the, uh, the recent episode from the Obscured Truth Network, which you can see at ObscuredTruth.com, where Sam, our friend uh, from Texas, goes into the city council and plays back some of the recordings of the police abusing him and uh, assaulting him and also claiming no allegiance whatsoever to the Texas Constitution. They supposedly you know, swore to uphold really just a great video uh, to give them a taste. The bureaucrats up here a taste of you know, what's coming. And this is just one of the activists. Just one. And Sam has gotten emails. We've gotten emails, posts, comments over at Free Keen from people who have said, wow, you guys are really doing some amazing stuff. And, of course, I'm paraphrasing, not reading the actual emails. But people who have said uh, there was a guy in Australia who had moved to Australia a couple of years ago, he's a Free State Project member, and he'd planned to come to New Hampshire, you know, down the line, uh, when Free State Project reached 20,000 members, five years after that, within that time frame. He'd, that was his plan at that time. But he said that Sam's videos have really spurred him to say he's coming as soon as possible. He's coming, like, within the next couple of years. Uh, he's going to move back from Australia earlier than he had originally intended to move back because he's been so enthused and excited and uh, jazzed up by what just Sam has been doing in his activist efforts. And again, Sam's not even here in New Hampshire yet. And that's just one example of some of the emails we've gotten. And you have to understand the way that people are. Not everybody who feels that way is going to email about it. So for every email that we get that says, wow, there's really something happening there in uh, New Hampshire. You guys are really awesome. We're coming sooner rather than later. Thanks for the, uh, the encouragement. For every email that we get, there's probably 10 to 100 more people that are thinking similar things. I welcome anybody who's interested in freedom, and I welcome 
most ways of trying to get to that freedom. Yeah, just don't get all pissy when we don't play your no. little political who game. Who the hell's we, jerk? Those of us we, who don't you, play politics. You! You! That's I'm pretty all. Sure, yeah, well, there are other people here with me that don't play politics. Yeah, they're not jerks. I've oh, talked is that to them. right? Right. Go I'm ahead. a jerk. Why am I a jerk? Because I don't agree with the system. Ah, uh, you did it. Because I reject force. Because there. I reject aggression against my neighbors. That's what makes me a jerk. Uh, look, you sound like a fascist to me. You know, save it. The fact is, I'm trying to get freedom out of the political process. I'm not a fascist. Keep keep trying there, buddy. You know what? I, it, I it's going to work here in New Hampshire. You know, you have to attack it from all sides. I think I don't think you can advocate one or the other. I, I advocate all all methods of trying to get more freedom. Well, unless you're a single-minded lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> all right, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I'm glad you're here to mediate, Wayne. You're the voice of reason. Uh, an email from Dennis says, "Sigh." Damn negativity. Find me another state where half a dozen state reps are working on the issue of corrupt judges and have an active pro- uh, project in place to put judges in check. This should be a powerful selling point for like-minded people to come to New Hampshire. Dismissing yeah, sure. it because it will do nothing is short-sighted as dismissing Sam's documentary because it, in fact, will do nothing. Well, you know, you guys I, I, If I wanted to be negative, thing. I might ask, how many people will have, have seen that video? YouTube says 4,000. Between Cheshire TV, Conquer TV, Londonderry... And probably more than that have seen NH Community TV than um, than than uh, NH Community TV than on YouTube. Not angry, nor disappointed. Just feedback to be taken with salt. The fact is, whatever yeah. anybody's doing for liberty is good. I didn't say you guys shouldn't do it. I mean, good luck. I say, I wish you the best of luck. I just think it's uh, the the most inefficient way to achieve these things. That's all. I mean, if all the people who were going there begging at the state house, bowing down in front of their masses, begging for some sort of special privilege to allow them to smoke a joint from time to time, if all of those people had just gone ahead and lit up outside the damn state house then that would have done a hell of a lot more in my opinion i think that there's i definitely think there's room for um yeah. for for civil but disobedience. as long as people keep spinning their wheels in the political process it's going to be slow going that's all i'm saying oh well i well, what kind of civil disobedience do you expect to do for secession i have no idea what you mean by that well, you have no idea what i you mean you don't have to We've do been disobedience talking... you just secede you just uh, personally no, no, secede. I, I, i'm talking about the state that's their business i'm not involved in the state I don't care about all that stuff. Well, you, you, you're, you're talking about you want to see states, states secede. I believe you said uh, I thought it was New a, Hampshire, I Montana, idea. and maybe even the um, yeah. Vernazis. My, my personal support is behind the idea of personal secession because it does not require a majority support of people or voters or whatever or majority of reps or whoever to, uh, to make it happen in the political process. Look, I know Dennis and those guys over at the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, they're doing things in the political realm that aren't being done anywhere else, and we've certainly talked about those things. And they're having a damn things. lot of success. We've talked about those things here on Free Talk Live. Hey, my property taxes have not gone down, if only beyond the fact that my, prop- you know, my property values have gone down. What's the state going to do about down. your property taxes? Taxes in Keene. You willingly chose the highest tax rate in the state of the New state, Hampshire. Uh, the state has go a, ahead and attack your rates. own. Um, the government. state has their own tax rates, Mark. Okay, and they're, yeah, they're but, included. Yeah, in the but they're like taxes. they're like a five all millage point. All I'm saying point. is that all the good work they're doing is very, very insignificant as far as what I can tell so far. And maybe it'll build upon itself. Maybe this year, 2008, with all these new free staters that can run for office, maybe a bunch of them will get elected, and then next year things will really start to change. And I'll have to change my tune at that point. I'm, I'm certainly open. To to, uh, to new ideas, and I'm, I'm certainly willing to see the successes where they happen, and we've talked about them here. It's just that I see the non-cooperative path as a much 
faster, more efficient path to individual liberty. And that's something we'll continue to disagree on. It's good, because it gives us something to disagree on. More coming up. You take control. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want toll-free. Even in these remaining moments, just enough time for you at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Wayne. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are free, so enjoy all of that on us over there at freetalklive.com. And if you like Free Talk Live and want to help support the show, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Whether you believe in political activism or market-based activism, there's uh, something here for you on Free Talk Live. And you uh, definitely, if you've listened to the show for a while, you understand that this is the only pro-true, 100% pro-liberty talk radio program out there on you know as many stations as we are. I can't say for sure. You know, Certainly there are some morning show hosts scattered around the country that also are of a pro-liberty persuasion, but they're just not, you know, they're not syndicated. They haven't been able to get a syndicated gig, and we're the biggest deal there is out there. So if you want to help us get bigger and get on more stations and spread the message of freedom and liberty further and get it into more people's ears around the world, go to amp.freetalklive.com and get on board with the AMP program. It helps us distribute this show, and you get perks like access to the AMP-only toll-free call in lines, chat room, forum, and more. Get all the details and get signed up at amp.freetalklive.com as we continue with your phone calls and talk to Brian in Florida on the AMP line. Hello, Brian. Hi. Hey, what's um, on your mind? I'd like to, I'd like to talk about, um, well, I, I want to promote something on your forum. I posted a thread a while back about uh, a liberty, a possible liberty award. It seems to me that a lot of the people who are who are sacrificing and are really um, putting themselves out there for liberty don't get a lot of recognition. Okay. I'm thinking of, um, for example, the DC madam. For for example, um, if indeed she did commit suicide, it may have been because she felt all alone. And what do you think I that she did for liberty? Um, she stood up to the government and. Um, uh, ran a business which wasn't um, promoted or wasn't uh, wasn't allowed by the government. Yeah, okay. You, you could, I guess you could say that people that are engaging in uh, agorism or in you know black market activities are in some way you know keeping money out of the government's hands. So to that extent, yeah. sure. But I don't think she in any way necessarily did anything for the the movement of uh, freedom activists. No, I don't think so either. Um, but um, somebody like Jason from the Obscure Truth Network certainly has. Uh, that's and, Sam, uh, and uh, you, but definitely Jason Osborne uh, from Cycle yeah, CAI. Right. He certainly has. Sorry. Um, yeah, I, I think uh, any of those people could could definitely be um, <laughs> up up for the running for a Liberty Award. And um, I'd like to promote the idea, possibly um, have a monthly poll, and a, um, I'd be willing to chip in a, a, a chintzy um, 
uh, you know, framed award for them, and other people might be able to... Um, I think it's a good idea. I, I might suggest, though, that you take a look into the Advocates for Self-Government, because I believe this has already been taken care of. And Strike I the Root does it, too. Really? But um, I don't think that they do it in the same sort of general way that uh, this gentleman's talking about um, for people that, you know, might might be doing the sort of civil disobedience that the madam was. Well, I, I agree. I, I understand that. I, and I, I think that, Brian, you're onto something, and I think it's a good idea, but I think you should look at least and see what else is out there and make sure you're not kind of duplicating some efforts that people have already put time and effort into. And if it's significantly different what it is you're proposing, then you should, you should do it. If it's not that different, then you should maybe get behind oh, somebody I, else. I think that what he's proposing is that Free Talk Live does it. Um, when media organizations media organizations have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, legitimacy out there. <laughs> and the idea that we would, uh, you know, give the Free Talk Live uh, award for liberty this month. But, I see. Yeah, I think that that's uh, what the yeah. what I don't know. Is that was that you were suggesting? Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be a great idea if you guys want to uh, be a sponsor of it. I'd be happy to. I dub you our awards manager. <laughs> great, great. Yeah, yeah I, you I could call a, in I once a, a month and uh, announce who you're giving the award to. <laughs> right. That sounds that sounds fine to me. I I thought we'd do a little poll on the um, forum or something, and then um, you know the people people could nominate in the in a thread, and then and then we'd make a, a short little poll. Yeah, give it a then, shot. Yeah. Everybody okay. should do what um, they think is right uh, to achieve liberty, and if you think that'll help, then I think you should go for it. And I don't know how I don't know how helpful all the denizens of the BBS will be. Some of them can be uh, a <laughs> hindrance, but you can certainly go to the you can certainly go to bbs.freetalklive.com and post away and let us know how it goes. Okay, Brian. I appreciate. It. Hey, one more thing. Yes, sir. Um, I've, I've noticed a, a slight inconsistency, and uh, it seems to occur over and over again. You guys seem to want to encourage people to do something for liberty, for example, um, during the Free State Project. Yeah. But when somebody calls in who is doing something which I think is actively against the liberty movement, in particular being a member of the government in some way, um, for example, police officers and uh, people, contractors, uh, a guy named Peter called in a while ago. He's doing some environmental work to help build the fence down in Texas. Yeah. And um, I, I don't really think that's consistent. Here, on the one hand, you want us to do something for liberty, but you have other people who are ripping us off um, on, on, a, on a daily basis, being that they're taking money um, from the government. And, and these are good people. I, I don't want you. To, I don't want you to think anything different. Supposedly, these are good people, but if they're good people, they should get a real job. Well, you know, it's a debate that I think continues to rage amongst the liberty-oriented community because there's definitely a couple sides to this story. One could simply say that, you know, yes, these are good people. They are far more principled than your average government bureaucrats, and wouldn't you rather have somebody who at least gets liberty in the position in those positions as opposed to someone who is a total authoritarian? One could make that uh, counterargument. Yeah, but doesn't that but having quote good people in positions of governmental authority doesn't that add to the legit legitimacy of the government? This is it's a good counter example. I, 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 all evil people in there. I, you know, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I see the inconsistency, and I think that those people, as they learn more about liberty, uh, they also see the inconsistency. I mean, I can't speak for, for instance, Brad Jardis. He's probably the best example of one of these people. He's the only law enforcement against prohibition member who is a current active law enforcement officer. And I know from my conversations with Brad that he has a real tough time 
justifying co- co- continuing to collect that paycheck. He he loves the job. He got into it to help people. He got into it right. to be that you know the good guy cop out there that's actually trying to to keep the peace and all that. And he would like to continue doing that. But at the same time, he also doesn't like the aspects of the job that have to do with enforcing you know these authoritarian diktats. And so it's it's something that these people have to deal with on their own inside their own minds and come to their own conclusions about it. And I I don't think and. I, I don't agree with the, the 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 method that some people have employed with these folks, and that is to completely ostracize them uh, because they haven't no, given it up. I, I know you're not I'm saying not, that, but there is a there's I'm a certain. We shouldn't encourage them to stay there. I don't do, think, do think I encourage uh, that. Encourage? Well, I mean, the, Mark the, might, the conversation yeah. with Peter um, was well, you know, um, whatever. Well, if they're <laughs> sabotaging, what if they're sabotaging the efforts from the inside? I mean, what if it's their their participation secretly in certain elements of sabotage that results in you know a few people being uh, freed that otherwise would have gone to a jail cell or something like that? Isn't that worth it then? I really don't think so because it, it still legitimizes the government. It puts that person you know it puts that person um, uh, in a position where people are looking at him and say, oh, that's a good person. He's belonging to the government. Yeah, I see where you're coming from. Certainly, if government was all made up 100% of authoritarian thugs, then uh, their legitimacy would be diminished. Uh, But, you know, again, this is all an individual issue, and I'm not going to ostracize somebody for being a part of the government. I will try to persuade them, as you may be trying to do with this phone call, try to persuade them to uh, to quit their jobs and to enter the marketplace. But uh, and, And I think that, you know, certainly them learning more about liberty as they're in those positions can only be a good thing. And also, you're, at, you're, you're, you're asking somebody who's highly incentivized in the opposite direction to uh, you know give up everything for liberty and therefore what they're going to be doing is they're going to be looking for the way out they're going to be looking for the escape hatch and they're going to find the one little you know thing in liberty that they disagree with and they're going to say you know what that's it I've had it with uh, the concepts of uh, libertarianism because basically they're they're either a bad people or b they quit their job right that's what you're suggesting no, no, I'm not saying that. Um, I think there are lots of good people in the government. I think they're deluded. Okay. Well, let me try one more time to, uh, to make the point that I'm trying to make to you. Better do it quick. Okay. If I've got, uh, I, I've got 15 years in, I've got another five to go in my government, my sweet, sweet government job, and you come on the radio and say, I'm a bad guy for keeping my job. Um, I, you know, I should quit. I should go on to do something productive. And, you know, I feel convicted by that. I, I feel like, uh, you know, that, that makes some certain amount of sense. I'm going to start looking around the whole liberty philosophy. I'm going to find the piece of it that, that makes the least amount of sense to me. And I'm going to say, I'm going to throw it all away based on that piece. And I'm going to, you know, look the other direction on the philosophies of liberty. I'm going to look, I'm going to go move away from them because you came on the radio and said I was a bad guy. It's a tough issue that, well, again, people will continue shallow. to discuss. I wish we had more time for it. Thank you for the call, dude. Uh, we will be back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime. Hopefully, Zach in New York will call us then. See you tomorrow. Free talk. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with 
with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code, 600, to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.